0: Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, Rosary on the Road. We've got another prayer today from our prayer group, uh, actually a very good friend of the of our program and of our hosts over at Exodus Americanus, Luffy. Uh, he's run into a little bit of a spot uh, where his uh, he's got some scheduling conflicts that may actually put off him getting out of the program the academic program that he's currently in which is a little bit more than an inconvenience. There's a lot of financial things that go into that as well and he's already in a bit of a rough spot which I won't go into. I happen to be acquainted with it but uh, anyway uh, it's often as we near our goals that we find new obstacles spring up and almost make us despair of reaching those goals. And so I want to pray today uh, specifically that he not lose spirit uh, and that uh, through the intercession of the saints and the, and the help of God that uh, he finds a way, his way clear to a solution uh, that does not place any financial or any uh, temporal burden on him in addition to that we also have the rest of our requiem prayer that was submitted yesterday uh, by kc i've got three more people to uh, pray our extra requiem Uh, if you have a prayer of any kind whether it's small whether it's a little thing whether it's a big thing whether you're looking at something financial something related to life uh, work related or just personal you can send it in and i'm be delighted to pray for you in fact I I wouldn't solicit your prayers if I didn't want so badly to pray for you I use these prayers as a reparation for my own sins and for the sins of others that's uh, it, it's an act of mercy to pray for someone uh, it's an, it's a it's a good work rather that's not I actually don't know that it's a, one of the works of mercy but it's a good work to pray for another uh, and to confess the power of God through our prayers. So I'm taking every advantage of that. And that's part of the reason why I got this thing going in the first place. So please, help me out. Send in some prayers. Uh, and there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can email me at requests at protonmail.com. Decad is D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural, at protonmail.com. You can leave a comment on either our own website, which is praytherosarieveryday.wordpress.com, uh, or... You can also leave a comment on the website where we're syndicated, which is ExodusAmericanus.com. You can also find me on Gab at the Daily Decad, and you can find me personally, my personal account, on the Fediverse at Mario Garetti at NobodyHasThe.biz, and you can message me on there. And of course, our Telegram channel is also the at the Daily Decad. And I think that's it. So let's go ahead and turn our hearts and our minds to God, get your rosaries out, and we're going to pray for uh, the uh, strength of mind, strength of spirit, and uh, general well-being of our friend Luffy. Today is a Tuesday, so we pray in English today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning, and weeping from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us, and after this, our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, a unique order in your day didst see, didst have the wisdom granted by the Holy Ghost to see a lack of obstacles as something fearful and something to cause anxiety for you knew that God places obstacles in the paths of those he wishes to test and those he loves we ask thy intercession humbly on behalf of this servant of God and our friend, Muffy, that he may see all of his obstacles as the hand of a loving father testing him, and that he may not give in to a spirit of discouragement or despair, but might mount those obstacles and triumph over them, as thou didst in the formation of thy order. And that, moving forward in his academic career, he might be, be, gain knowledge and wisdom, both that lead him ultimately before the throne of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. Through the same Christ, we ask this. We humbly beg this intercession in the name of Him who livest and reignest with God the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For the repose of the soul, souls of Shirley. Martha, and Christopher. Requiem eternum dona eis, domine et lux perpetua lucent eis, et requisant in pace. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and make thy perpetual light to shine upon them, and may they rest in peace. Amen. us in all our struggles. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, I have to admit, I actually have a little bit of trouble coming up with the reflection today. Uh, there were a couple of options, a couple of ideas that have been bouncing around in my head. And we could build on the theme that we've been going with. Uh, when we talked yesterday about reparations for the uh, sins of the living and Intercession for the dead, and we have to remember that we do have our uh, uh, the prayers for the souls are ongoing. It is still all is still the month of All Souls, and so we have a lot of opportunity ahead of us. And uh, the works that we do are also important when we talk about these things. care for the dead, care for the graves, those are works of mercy. Those are works of uh, of, of goodwill on our part on behalf of the dead that match up with our prayers. Although I think our prayers are probably a little bit more powerful. Prayer is one of the most powerful things that you can have. And it calms the mind, places you in the right state. Because the world is always trying to grab a hold of you and drag you down. And in many ways, that you don't even know yourself. It's amazing the degree to which we're unaware of the attacks that take place on us. We just become so used to living in the swamp that the buzzing of the mosquitoes doesn't even register anymore. And yet they are still there, and we are still required to swat them away lest they drain from us. And we contract some spiritual illness from them. The demons fluttering about our heads. Actually, I rather like the buzzing Notion, they, 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 they treat them like mosquitoes or, or like flies. After all, and it's not original. After all, he is called Lord of the Flies, Beelzebub. But we uh, we have them about us, and we have to be aware of it constantly. In the way that they drag us down. As soon as we defeat, it seems to me in my own personal life, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that has this experience. Uh, i hope I hope I'm one of the few anyway. I would hope that most people have a sense of their sins, but it seems to me whenever I conquer one, another one pops up and it's it's not that it was that I didn't have problems with it before, but rather it becomes I become more keenly aware of it as I overcome my own sinfulness and my own uh problems habitual sins that sort of thing as one goes down and you get it under control you become aware of all of these other problems that that one was distracting you from and in time through discipline and constant examination and uh, and constant prayer you become aware of all of these faults and failings but it's important as you become aware of them that you view them exactly as we talked about the obstacles in our prayer to St. Ignatius just now that you view them as the tests that you receive in that rite of passage into manhood you know, any, any, any boy who has a, a father who uh, did, did well by him gave him some kind of rite of passage all fathers, all decent fathers take the time to have a... participate with their son in some rite of passage. And it usually is the form of a test, some kind of test. Now, it's usually not deliberate. You know, the first time you work on a car and you finally get handed off the tools yourself to do the job, it's not really that your father has sat there and said, now I will test my son. Abraham, go up to the mountain. It's, it's not like that. It's it's almost unconscious. It's just something that you, you see, a young man... It starts to move into a place where he can go about on his own, and I think it's instinctual in fatherhood to look at a look at your son and say, you know, it's I, I can see where he's going now, and I want to help him get there. That means he needs to learn how to stand on his own two feet. So let's go ahead and have him do it. And that's about as much thought as usually goes into these sorts of things. But those rites of passage are what make us men. And in the same way, God sends us these rites of passage to turn us from the old man, from Adam, into the new man, Christ. He gives us obstacles, he gives us tests, he gives us trials in order to better ourselves. And sometimes we don't make it through that rite of passage. and Sometimes we do. But that's the healthiest way, I think, to view these things. As you overcome one Difficulty in your life, and a new one crops up. You are passing in gradation through your lesser humanity into a greater humanity, into a true humanity. The saints—what designates a saint as a saint—is that they are true men. They are true human beings, as they were, in, as we were all intended to be at our creation. Everything less than that is a, for, is a kind of subhumanity. And we all are struggling out of that pit that we fell into at the fall. We're all trying to overcome that. Some people are able to move further than others. But out of that pit of our fallen humanity, our subhumanity, because we're not quite animals. We can't, but we're worse than an animal. And those, there's a prayer. I want to say that it's uh, Saint Macarius, although I might be wrong about that. But there's a prayer in which he said, in which the it's a penitential prayer, in which he talks about how I am, I am like a beast, nay, worse than a beast, is the phrase that appears in it. It used to puzzle me until I sort of thought about it a little bit and realized what he was trying to say there. Animals, of course, don't have rational souls. They're not. They don't have the. They have a soul, they have life in them, the life of God in them, because they're part of creation, but they don't have the ability to discern between what is good and what is evil, and therefore choose the good. All of that is just completely foreign to their very being. There's no such... <laughs> in a way, there really is no such thing as a good dog, uh, or, or a, because, uh, or a good... Uh, I don't ever hear anybody say good cat, but uh, there really is no such thing as a good animal because there's no such thing as a bad animal. There are animals that conform to our expectations of them, and there are animals that threaten us. But really, there's no moral judgment on them because they can't have one. We can. And so when we behave in an animalistic fashion what we have done to ourselves is we have created a new being, almost. We're not animals, and we're not human beings anymore, because we've, we've, we've shed that. Now, of course, we have an inherent humanity to us, that's our, our nature, but in the fall, the goal of the fall, what Satan was trying to accomplish was to strip us of that, to strip back that humanity completely, to rob us of whatever. I know this word gets thrown about, around a lot, and I really despise the way that it's abused, but uh, dignity is the, is the word that I suppose is the only word that you can describe it as. It's a, a state of uh, being a creature of God. And that's all we are, remember, until we become Christians. We are only creatures of God the sons of God are only those that believe in the teachings of Jesus Christ and their entirety. That's an important thing that I think a lot of people miss. Anyway, this is all a tangent now. But we lower ourselves. And the only way that we overcome that subhumanity, that sort of category that's not quite man, not quite animal, is to ascend to a state which God put us in which is not quite animal, not quite angel. That's what we're supposed to be. And it's through overcoming the obstacles that are thrown at us again and again and again and again and and treating them as rites of passage as we pass on to this new humanity and God as our Father sending us these things to test us to get us ready to stand on our own spiritually and religiously and stand as saints before Him. And the more... I think just as a son who has a good father looks at his father as he passes through these these rites. You know, Mark Twain said that uh, he was always amazed as he got older how much smarter his old man got. And I don't think he's the only man that had that that has had that experience. A younger man has less appreciation for the wisdom of his father. An older man, as he passes through these rites of passage that were laid by his father, in many ways he's humbled by them. And so, even though he stands on his own two feet as a man in his own right, he's not exalted by it. And that's sainthood. You pass through these rites of passage that God, our Father, has put out there for us, and we, as His children, as His sons, look down. I know there are ladies that listen to the to the broadcast. I have no idea why. I I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like all of I, all that I talk about is really directed at men. But uh, if you get something out of it, the God love you. I'm glad that you do. Uh, But speaking as a man, as sons, our Heavenly Father, as we grow in the faith, as we get older in the faith, as we advance through these obstacles, through these rites of passage and we begin to stand on our own, you would think that that would be an exalting thing, that we would, like Pelagians, we would stand on our own and we have control over our own destiny and uh, all of our works, we can save ourselves by our works and that sort of thing. But that's not actually what happens because that's not what's natural to it what happens instead is we grow in our appreciation and our humility because of our dependence on our Father and we also grow in love for our Father in Heaven just as the rites of passage grow help us to grow in love for our worldly fathers and you know I know there's a lot of men that listen to this. We have a, a problem in our society. Men are not really manly. And there may be some of you listening to this whose fathers missed the mark. and Didn't quite get up to where they need to be. And there could be some of you listening to this that had absolutely fantastic fathers, even better than my own. And my father's the best man I know. But no matter what the case, God, our Father in Heaven is perfect and whatever ideal you whether you had a, a poor upbringing a, a fa- an absentee father a poor father or a very good father the ideal that you have in your head of what a father is supposed to be your heavenly father exceeds that he is better than your ideal because your ideal is only a human ideal but he's perfect And so all the things that you either had or that you wish you had, these are things that you will find in God. And in our, in in Christ as our king, he's, we are the adopted children of God in our baptism and in our belief. And so it probably is not really appropriate to refer to Christ as our elder brother because that's not really what he is. But as relates to God the Father, God the Son is our model. He is the... that's the way to think of it. If we think of God as our ideal Father, then we think of Christ as our ideal self such that the less of us there is and the more of him there is just like John the Baptist I must decrease and he must increase the more a perfect son we become to our perfect father that's how we should view that relationship that's how we draw nearer to God and overcome the obstacles in front of us until we really do fulfill that command And that should be our prayer today. That's my prayer today. That all of us can look to our loving Father in heaven and look to the teaching and example and salvation of Christ and fulfill his command. Be ye therefore perfect, as thy Father in heaven is perfect. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.